All right, welcome back to the big program. Just uh, coming up to 9 o'clock and welcoming in our Wednesday co-host. Every Wednesday from 9 to 11, David Schlemko will join us. Dave, thanks for coming into the studio. Uh, Thanks for being a part of what our vision is moving forward. Uh, You must be uh, kind of excited to, I don't know, branch out and try something new. You've been retired for a few years, but what's this experience you think going to be like for you? Uh, I think it'll be awesome. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Um, I know... uh a lot of my buddies were pretty upset when uh, 1260 kind of yeah. hit the fan there. So, um, yeah, honored to be part of the show. Uh, our text line's open. So if you got anything for David Schlemko, send us a text, 1-833-401-1440. Uh, so, Dave, you played 415 games in the NHL. But before we get to your NHL career, I kind of wanted to go through uh, being an Edmonton guy, where did you play your minor hockey? And just run us through how you got to Medicine Hat, where you played junior. Yeah, um, born and raised in Edmonton, um, northeast side of Edmonton. So I uh, grew up playing in kind of the Eagles, Braves, North Stars. Uh, I think I played for all three of them. And uh, moved to KC and Wee to play for uh, my summer hockey coach there, Bill Connaughton. Um he was great, learned a lot from him. And uh, from there, I got drafted by Medicine Hat in the fourth round uh, out of KC in the Bantam draft and uh, ended up going there at 17. You mentioned one guy, Bill Connaughton, um, so one of your minor hockey coaches. Who are some of the other coaches uh, that sort of helped mold you to get to where you were as, a, like I say, a 17-year-old, um, ready to make that jump to Tier 1? Uh, yeah, I think Bill was a, a huge part of that. Um, he put a lot of effort in. I know he's a busy guy as well. He was a, a lawyer, I think, but uh, always there uh, every practice and really taught us some some crazy systems at a young age. I know we were we were doing stuff that a, a lot of other teams our age weren't doing, so uh, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, also had uh, Sandra Pisani mm-hmm. um, and Midget. He was a uh, very intense kind of coach to say the <laughs> least, but um, got a lot out of his players and uh, prepared me well for the the junior experience. So Sandro Prasani is Fernando's older brother. Um, you bet. What was he like as a coach? I have had the good fortune of interviewing him several times over the years uh, when he was coaching midget at KC, I believe it was, or yeah, KC Pats. What was Sandro Pisani? Was he like Fernando's or was he a different type of guy? Because I, I know you know Fernie as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know Fernie quite as well. Um, I think he's maybe a little bit more relaxed than Sandro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sandro was a great coach. Um, like I said, he was a he was a gamer. He was pretty intense, and uh, he he got the most out of his players. That's for sure. Our text line is open as we welcome in our Wednesday co-host. He will uh, guest with us every Wednesday, 9 to 11, David Schlemko, former NHLer and, uh, uh, well, Edmontonian, you can call it that, and a couple texts coming in already. David Schlemko, this comes from Reed, known mostly for an absolutely ridiculous shootout goal against the Bruins. Silky smooth, that comes from Reed. What was this all about? Ah, uh, yeah, that was actually my first game as a flame in Boston there. Uh, <laughs> I think we were down to the seventh round in the shootout. And, so this uh, is as bad as Strudwick almost. <laughs> well, I was actually always pretty good at him in junior. I had my one move that always worked, and uh, my former teammate was an assistant captain at the time, Chris Russell, and uh, I think he gave Bob Hartley a nudge and said, you know, this guy's pretty good at these, and uh, <laughs> so 
I got to go for the win on Tuka Rask and thought I'd try uh, the old faithful move and unfortunately it worked so that was a a pretty good way to start my career with the Flames. Well, that would be pretty cool. So it was a, uh, I mean, Strudwick talks about his move uh, with the Rangers. I think that was about round thirteen or something. Like it's <laughs> like he has it on speed dial. He has it on everything on YouTube. You just click and paste. But I mean, I think you're a little more reserved in talking about your your accomplishments. <laughs> uh, uh, Texter writes in, uh, ask David about his time with the Fraser Flyers. Uh, Coach Richard Benbow. Oh yeah, uh, taught him the skills necessary to get to the NHL. Yeah, that was uh, Richard Benbow. I think that was my first or second year playing hockey. Maybe four or five years old. Oh, uh, cool. Fraser Flyers. That was uh, the area I lived in in Clareview. So that was like minor, minor hockey. Oh, long time ago. So I mean, it's you almost forgot about the guy, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> here's a here's a texture that remembers all of that. Um, so when you got to medicine at, you say, what was it fourth round Bantam? Uh, so under yep. 15, just to be politically correct. Um, when you went down there, would you have gone as a 17 year old to, yep. to medicine at? Yeah. Yeah. I ended up uh, not quite making it. I think I was the last cut at 16. Um, they had a pretty good team that year. I think they won the Western Hockey League and went to the Mem Cup that year. So, um, I played a second year midget with uh, Sandro and KC, and then uh, then started out at 17 in the hat. So, just kind of having a quick peek at that roster. Your first year, uh, Coach Willie Desjardins was uh, went on to coach in the NHL. Obviously, he was a, a long time uh, played in the um, CIS back then. Canada West uh, was a great player in his own right. But what was that first year for you like? Moving away from home. Um, I'm sure you're a scared young guy. You don't even know what you're getting getting into. But what was that like that make that transition from Edmonton to Medicine Hat? Yeah, it's a little tough, you know. Uh, you're just kids. I mean, I know especially now coaching at the academy level, the kids are even younger now when they leave home, which, which seems a little crazy. But um, it's definitely an adjustment. You know, you're on your own. You got, you're still out of billets, but you're kind of more in charge of your own career, your own school, all that stuff. But... Uh, Willie runs a great program in the hat. I know he's back there now as GM and coach, and he had uh, he had a huge impact on my career, absolutely. And on the roster, former Oiler, former Flame, Chris Russell. So you guys would be about the same kind of age going in there. What was it like? I assume you kind of leaned on each other moving forward? Yeah, yeah, we're both the same age. Um, he actually made it over me as a 16-year-old, so... Uh, <laughs> But we came up together. Uh, we ran the power play together for a few years there and had a lot of success. So uh, Rusty was more of an offensive guy in junior. I think he had 30-some goals our last year of junior. I know he kind of changed his game as the uh, as his professional career uh, progressed there, but I think we all have to <laughs> make adjustments to stay in the league mm-hmm. at the NHL level. So you come back as an 18-year-old, and I'm just going to say, so that's your draft year. Uh, as the second year you're in medicine and that is your draft year, I assume, right? Uh, my first year was. First year was? Okay. Yeah. So were you disappointed? And then maybe you're thinking, well, what am I going to do here? So, But that's what it's all about. And th- one of the reasons that I, I requested or asked David to come on and, and be a co-host uh, for our listeners here on Sports 1440 is that it's about perseverance. And, and you've done a lot of that. So how was that when you kind of see your name not – taken and then you go okay what do I got to do to keep my dream alive right I mean uh yeah looking back I think that set me up for all the perseverance I had to endure uh, my entire career but uh that was definitely the start of it um 
you know, I can't, I can't put it all on the scouts, I guess. I, I also like to have a pretty good time in junior and uh, <laughs> <laughs> on and off. Oh, the ice, well, so. we're going to be talking about that <laughs> on the week's end. <laughs> it's, uh, it was definitely a learning curve for me, but um, <laughs> it's, it's obviously disappointing. I think I was, I think I was ranked to go maybe late third round and, and didn't end up going at all. So that's disappointing for sure. Um, I think. Willie was a huge part of that for me and uh, keeping kind of that self-belief and, you know, always telling me that I could play in the NHL. I, I know I didn't believe it at the time, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he keeps putting that in your head and you, you kind of just keep with that self-belief of, you know, you're playing against all these other guys that are drafted the next year in junior and just going out and trying to prove that you're better than them. So your last year, uh, and you played three years in Medicine Hat, all under uh, Willie, um, you had uh, eight goals, 50 assists. So again, you're probably running the power play, as you said. Tyler Ennis is a young kid there. He comes up, and what did you think of him when he joined uh, as a 16-year-old? Oh, I loved that. Local guy too, right? Yeah, you know, local exactly. guy. He was an Edmonton guy too, so um, I was definitely pulling for him. I remember... Uh, there was talks about whether they could take him or not. I think he was like 135, <laughs> 140 pounds. So yeah. They were worried he was going to get hurt. But, uh, you know, he's such a little water bug. Uh, nobody could catch him to hit him. So, uh, yeah, he came on at 16. I, I think he played maybe 45, 50 games, but you could see the, the raw skill that was mm-hmm. there for sure. So we're uh, speaking with our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko, on the Kevin Carey Show here on Sports 1440. So after your junior career in Medicine Hat, you're not drafted. So what was the process for you to continue that dream? How, how did you, did you have a, I assume you had an agent that was kind of helping you out. And how did that uh, get to where you ended up to go to play in the minor pros to start with? Uh, yeah, so I, making the Mem Cup that year, you know, I was hoping I would still get drafted as a 19-year-old, kind of outside chance. Uh, didn't end up happening, but uh, like you said, I, I had an agent at that point and um, actually had a few different options uh, to sign as a free agent. I think it came down to Phoenix, L.A., and Philly. And um, at that time, my junior coach, Willie Desjardins, was uh, all set up to sign with Phoenix um, to be the head coach in San Antonio, the Mm -hmm. American League affiliate. So um, that's actually why I ended up signing in Phoenix, or a big part of that. And um, I think near the end of the summer, that fell through, and he didn't end up taking the (laughs) job. So (laughs) it didn't work out quite as expected. Um, What was it like again? So now you're thinking, well, I might be hitching my train here to Willie for a while here. So what was that like? Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking forward to playing for Willie as a pro, but um, no, that didn't happen, obviously. And came into my first NHL camp in Phoenix, and uh, I was a little over my head. Like I said, it was it was a bit of a learning curve for me. I wasn't probably doing all the things I needed to do in the summer as far as training goes and that. So I remember it was a big wake up call my first camp, and then. Um, hoping I would stick in San Antonio in the American League, but uh, that didn't happen. They ended up sending me to the AA affiliate, which was uh, in the Central League. I think that was the first year Mm -hmm. uh, their team was in the Central League instead of the East Coast. Um, Our new assistant GM was Brad True Living, and um, he was just coming as the commissioner of the Central Leagues. So uh, he decided... uh, to affiliate with the Central League team up there in Northern Arizona instead of the Phoenix Roadrunners. So um, I didn't want to go there at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, I, I tried to go back to junior as a 20 year old and play for Willie, but, um, Brad said, you know, you've, you've done enough in junior. It's, right. it's time to play against some men. So, uh, I went and played there for, for most of the year and, you know, it ended up being a really good time. Um, we ended up winning a championship there and we actually had a really good young team, four or five guys on NHL contracts. Mm. So I think we swept in the finals and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. We're going to talk about that, your minor league experience, you know, throughout the course of, uh, you know, co-hosting. But so in 08-09, you get to play your first uh, NHL game for Phoenix back then. It was still Phoenix in 08-09. What do you remember about your very first NHL game? Oh, I remember it was like it was yesterday. Uh, it was in Nashville. I remember flying in from uh, Peoria, played uh, an American League game the night before with San Antonio. And, uh you know, walking into the room there and you see Wayne Gretzky, Elf Samuelson, Grant Fuhr. <laughs> Just kind of a fanboy moment where you're like, wow, this is uh, this is the show. Mm-hmm. So Wayne Gretzky was the coach at that time. Do you remember if he said anything to you and particularly when you, um, you know, arrived at the rink or how, how did that go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was I was thinking there was going to get this uh, talk about the systems and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And him and Alfie were both just like, yeah, you know, kid, just go out there and play your game. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all Samuelson, so he was an assistant coach. But what was it like? I mean, you, you got the greatest player that ever played to be your head coach. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I think the coolest part for me, I think I only played three games that yep. year. I was up for maybe a few weeks kind of up and down, but um, just the practices, you know, even the, the optional skates where he would come out there and you'd be playing three on three in the zone and, you know, you'd have to pass to him on change of possession. He's still just <laughs> threading unbelievable passes to the boys like it's nothing. It was uh, kind of an aha moment for sure. So was, was Gretz a little more... I guess hands on when when it came to drills or coaching. Yeah, I think so. He uh, he still liked to have fun out there and, and be a part of it. So uh, that was especially a kid growing up in Edmonton. Everyone idolizes mm-hmm. Wayne and and the glory years. So I, I mean, I think I was a little bit young for those for all those championship years. But um, you know, the legend never left. So that was uh, definitely a cool moment as an Edmonton kid. There were a lot of Alberta guys, really, wasn't there? Like Shane Doan is there and, and guys like that. So did that help that transition for you? Uh, definitely, absolutely. Uh, Shane Doan, Doner's a, a beauty, definitely the best captain I ever had. And, uh, you know, just a salt-of-the-earth human being, one of, the, one of the best guys I've ever met, for sure. David Schlemko is our guest here on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. We're going to get into what... Uh, kind of the rest of his career and what he's doing now and moving forward. He's going to have a, a couple of stories from some old teammates and things like that. Um, so we're really excited to have Dave. He's going to be on every Wednesday, 9 to 11, right here on Sports 1440. We're more we're back with more with Dave right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program, 918 in the Capital Region. Kevin Carey, so along with our Wednesday co-host, David Schlemko, former NHLer. Dave, thanks for uh, coming in and agreeing to do this every Wednesday, 9 to 11. We're looking forward to having a lot of fun. We, and just during the break, I mean, you, you talk about former teammates and, and guys that you know and guys that you played with and guys that you've kept in touch with, um, you know, in the, in the last few years. Paul Bissonnette is one guy that everyone has an opinion on, everyone knows. He's, I think he's been good for the broadcasting industry 
I mean, he started out with what he started out to where he's on, you know, doing on TNT and doing everything else and doing, you know, national broadcasts. I mean, he's come a long way in in his broadcasting career. Maybe we have the next Paul Bizanetti here with us in David Schlemko. But what what, <laughs> what was it like? And I mean, was he, I guess, always this kind of character? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's definitely just being himself. Uh, it's crazy to see how far he's come, honestly. Um, I remember my first call up, I think he had just come over on waivers from Pittsburgh and uh, he had just got into the Twitter thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Scotty Upshaw introduced him <laughs> to Twitter and um, it just kind of took off from there. Um you know, he, he had a lot of time to get out and network himself. A lot of health bombs, a lot of healthy scratches. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, he did un- an unbelievable job. I think, you know, when we'd go out at night, wherever we went, he was he was always networking and kind of doing his thing. And, uh, I mean, look at him now. He's He's got he's on the podcast. He's on TNT. He's, he's doing great for himself. Uh, for me personally, my experience with him... Um, I guess it would be the following year after I'd met him. Uh, he wanted up being my roommate uh, for my entire rookie year, so that was uh, definitely an experience. Uh, maybe great guy, maybe not the smartest human being. Um, he'd pull a lot of different stuff. A uh, c- couple examples, you know, you'd get into a hotel room and you'd go in uh, first thing and you know shave his entire head and body (laughs) use every towel in the bathroom so walk in to take a shower and there'd just be a pile of hairy towels in the corner of the bathroom Uh, you know stuff like that be be trying to nap take a pregame nap in the afternoon on game day and just hear his laptop going off in the bed beside you (laughs) click 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 oh, you're like biz shit. like what what are you doing man like you're you're not even playing tonight i'm trying to sleep <laughs> oh i gotta make a new playlist for the boys <laughs> oh man you know that's classic and, and i mean uh just to quickly make a quick mention to uh well a person quite close to everyone here uh, toronto maple leafs have uh, signed forward noah gregor to a pto that comes from chris johnston um Obviously, the nephew of uh, our Jason Greger, so congrats to that. Maybe, hopefully, he can work out something in the big smoke. But um, So with Biz Nasty, again, you said he was a healthy scratch a lot of the time, so he had a lot of time to cook up all these. Uh, was he a practical joker as well back in, in the day on the team? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had my fair, my fair share of health bombs too, so I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't throw too much shade at that. But, um, yeah, he's always a character in the room, I think, uh him and Keith Yandel. Uh, Yands is definitely one of the funniest guys I ever played with. Uh, he used to say Biz was the highest paid DJ in the world. <laughs> but, uh, all those guys were, were both great at, uh, at always keeping it loose in their room and, and cracking jokes. And we're going to get, uh, I think, Biz Nasty on, you know, in the next couple of weeks just to kind of play off uh, of you and see what he has to say, you know, being a, a former teammate and a good friend too. So uh, when you when you kind of got going in in Phoenix again, it was still the Phoenix Coyotes back then. What was that first little bit of? Now you're 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 going you're bouncing up and down as you said you're bouncing up and down between the AHL and the NHL. Perseverance again. We keep using that word. What helped you keep getting back to the NHL? Um, no, I think the following year after Wayne left, uh, Tip came on. Dave Tippett. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as a coach there and uh, I think I played 17 or 20 games something like that that year and that gave me a lot of confidence um, coming into the next year I think I re-signed on a one way for three years so I had a lot of confidence coming into camp and was able to crack the lineup that year um, Oliver Ekman Larson and I were rookies together so we kind of split that 60 man role that year I remember ended up playing over him in playoffs that was probably definitely the last <laughs> time I'd ever play over him but uh, <laughs> I got that one year as a, he was a 19 year old so um, you know that year I thought I kind of established myself um, a little bit and coming into the next year uh, they hired Jimmy Playfair as the uh, associate coach and he ran the D and I learned a lot from Jimmy that year um, kind of rounded out my game and more of my defensive game and uh, you know I went from being like a second power play never touched the penalty kill to uh, ended up playing like in a shutdown role mm -hmm. and the first PK guy over the boards uh, with Rusty Klesla that year so uh, Jimmy definitely helped me to kind of definitely round out my game when you have well, I mean we, we saw a lot of uh, Jim Playfair in, in Calgary when he was there kind of got to know him a little bit better there but when you had a guy like that that's sort of is on the same page with you is able to kind of mold and shape you what was the importance and, and the level of that that helped you can kind of just get started in your career well Jimmy gave me a lot of confidence you know he for whatever reason he he really believed in me as a player and he kind of allowed me to to play to my instincts and uh you know kind of use my skill and deception and just move pucks and you know take a little bit of risk and and make the plays I wanted to play so uh you know, any player will tell you when you're when you're playing with confidence, that's when you're at your best. So, uh, you know, that's what he instilled in me, and uh, that uh, that brought me a long way in my career. Looking back, text line is uh, jammed again. If you've got something you would like to address with uh, our Wednesday co-host David Schlemko, uh, send us a, a note off at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. One eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You can email me as well, Kevin at sports fourteen forty dot ca. Uh, David will be our co-host every Wednesdays from nine to eleven. Um, what other sports like we're like today? This morning it's it's weird that we were you know the basketball game was on. Canada uh, was on the the court with uh, Slovenia. Canada wins one hundred to eighty nine to book a, a ticket to the semifinal at the FIBA Championships. Now that you've sort of kind of transitioned to being you know not a a full time hockey player, do you do you kind of get a chance to branch out and watch other sports or other things that you didn't get a chance to when you were playing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm a huge golf fan so uh i watch a lot of golf yeah play a lot of golf but um yeah i like baseball as well um don't follow basketball quite as closely but um I, i've been watching the team canada stuff following mm -hmm. it a bit um looks like our our national program is getting a lot better so that's nice to see i know there's uh, a few more guy canadian guys in the nba than there used to be that's yes for sure, for sure yeah um, you, you talked about golf. So, what got you into golf? And I, I know you play a lot at the Glendale. Um, what drew you to the game, and what do you like about it? Um, I've always loved playing. Uh, my my parents are big golf, uh, big golfers. So, you know, I kind of grew up at the little par three rundle there on the north side. I'd be riding on the back of my dad's bag in the pull cart and and hitting shots whenever I could. So. Uh, yeah, just grew up playing and, and loved the game. Um, like you said, just 
joined the Glendale this year. Um, finally got a membership somewhere. I think it helped that it has a pool for my, my wife and kids. So, uh, works out works out nice for everybody that's the sweet thing about the glendale right you can just drop the wife and kids off at the pool and see you in four and a half hours right yeah it works out pretty nicely that's for sure so you end up after your career and we're going to talk a lot more of your career as well later but so was it a no-brainer for you to um you know to establish roots and come back to edmonton and this is where you want to be for a while yeah i think so um we uh, we obviously loved living in Arizona and Scottsdale, so maybe maybe somewhere down the road mm-hmm. we'll have a, a winter home there. But uh, the kids go to school in St. Albert, and you know, all our family and friends are here. So um, no, it's been great to be back. Still don't love the Edmonton winters. <laughs> uh, I was I was fortunate enough to <laughs> to play in some warmer climates for a long time, but um, you know it's such a hockey hotbed, and um, it's like I said, I'm, I'm coaching at the the NAX uh, mm-hmm. academy now, or doing some skill development this year. Not so much the coaching, but um, it's great to be part of a, the hockey world again and kind of give back to the kids and. We've got a lot of unbelievable kids coming through the program as well. So how did you get involved to, with NAX? And it's one of the top academies going, and that's kind of where hockey is going, it seems. Um, so how did you get involved there, and what do you like about it? Um, well, I got involved uh, through Matt Tassoni, uh, former pro guy from, from Edmonton That's as well. a loose term. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> technically. <laughs> oh, Taz. Yeah, that's a loose term for Taz. Taz is a great guy. Yes, and, he is. Uh, you know, we used to do a lot of summer skates together, so uh, just talking to him and... Uh, Ended up coming out, doing some skates a couple of years ago at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of get hooked on it. So I, I started off as an assistant coach uh, a couple of years ago and the under 16 group. And we mm-hmm. won a Western Canadian championship. And, you know, after that, I was kind of hooked. I was all in. So um, did the head coaching thing last year. That was a good time. And uh, just going to do some skill development with all the teams this year. Yeah, while we're on the Matt Tassoni, uh given him the business. So I, I met Matt and really I, I started to get to know you a lot better during the Oilers alumni skates. Right. So I've been lucky enough uh, with the work that I did with the Oilers alumni and we're really going to be pumping the Oilers alumni with interviews on this show moving forward. We're just in the process of getting everything going there. But Matt Tassoni comes out to the, the skates as well. And uh, he played in Swift Current, correct, right? Swift yep. Current, then he went to Bingo, Binghamton, and wherever else, right? Yeah, I think he played a little bit American League, a little yeah. bit of East Coast. Yeah, and but he comes out to these skates, and he thinks it's Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final every, you know, every <laughs> time. He's the only guy that decides to put it in full throttle all the time, and everyone just kind of lets him go and, you know, laughs at him. So, But you're right, he's done a good job at NAX to get these players and groom the players. Um, you know, I got to tell one more quick story. We're di- with David Schlebko. Uh, one time, uh, and you get these group emails or group uh, WhatsApp from um, um, Aaron Klatt for from the Oilers alumni to organize these skates, correct? Right. So someone mistakenly took one of the jerseys. This was about two years ago. And Sean Bell and myself decided we're going to play a little trick on to Sony. So he came in to the dressing room with his equipment bag. Sean Bell grabbed the Sony, took him outside. Well, I took one of the sweaters that was off the, on a hanger that Sparky Kolchiski, he comes in, Sparky, longtime um, um, equipment manager with the uh, Oilers. He puts these sweaters out, and we put one of the sweaters in to Sony's bag. So once he started getting ready, to Sony looks and everyone goes, you're the guy that stole the sweater. 
<laughs> and of course, Tassoni didn't, you know, he's like, I never did, I never did anything, but whatever. So uh, I think we're going to rip on Tassoni a lot more than, than he thinks we're going to rip on him here. So, um, so how much do you enjoy working with the kids at NAXN? It's been great. Um, it, it's an awesome atmosphere there. Um, uh, the staff's great as well. We got we got a lot of former pros there. Um, my old teammate in Phoenix, uh, Kyle Chipchera. Well, he was there the last couple of years. I think he's he's moved on to work with the Oil Kings this year, which is awesome for him. Uh, I got one of my old uh, Medicine Hat Tiger teammates, Kevin Undershoot, in there. Um, I think there's a former Oiler, uh, Sebastian. Something. So I can't remember his last okay. name. Sorry, but um, it, it's a good crew of former, like junior and pro guys. There, it's kind of like hanging out in the dressing room again. So that's a lot of fun for us, um, as well as having some unbelievable talent. Uh, we just uh, had the first overall draft pick, uh, Daxon Rudolph, went to Prince Albert. There, um, I think we ended up having five or six kids in the top two rounds. So mm-hmm. it, they're awesome to work with. Uh, really dedicated kids. I mean, compared to my era, anyways, uh, they, they're a lot more dialed in with the training and uh, they all have agents already and they're uh, they're like little professionals already. So it's pretty impressive to see. It's Kevin Carey's show on Sports 1440 with David Schlemko, former NHLer. He'll be our co-host on Wednesdays 9 to 11. Uh, this text comes in from our text line 833-401-1440. It's from Gord Oil. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Just wondering if there was ever any talk in years past of David Schlemko joining the Oilers as a free agent. Did you have any opportunities here? Um, you know what? Not really. Um, I remember being in Phoenix and, uh, you know, being in and out of the lineup and my agent saying, you know, the Oilers could really use you right now. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they they went through a, a lot of struggle for a bunch of years there, but, um, no, I never, uh, never had, never heard of any opportunity of uh, coming here. Obviously, would have been a pretty cool experience. I would have probably jumped all over it. But uh, I don't think my only Alberta experience is with the Flames, so uh, <laughs> that was a tough one for for the old man to swallow. But I bet it was. What did he say? <laughs> well, you know, he was he was happy for me. Uh, the Oilers weren't in the playoff picture or anything, so I, I think uh, I convinced him to buy a hat. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he came down to Calgary for for the playoffs there, but that was as far as it was going to go. I wasn't going to see him in a Flames jersey, that's for sure. What was it like in Calgary then? I mean, growing up an Oilers fan, and you get down there, and uh, do you know how many times he played in Edmonton? Do you remember that um, as a Flame? Um, I th- I think we only played against them once. I think it came over right around trade deadline time when uh, Giordano tore his bicep tendon so I think that's why I got picked up there I think it was just one battle of Alberta I'm pretty sure we won but uh, it's definitely cool to be a part of that a lot of intensity and uh, I think we won too which was nice but uh, <laughs> yeah even when you were growing up and in Medicine Hat how much did you follow the battle of Alberta like did you make sure you were aware of who was playing whom at that time oh yeah absolutely um, being in Med Hat lots of northern and southern Alberta guys so that was always a battle watching that one on TV for sure. Um, but no, it was it was cool being a flame for a bit. Um, even being an Edmonton guy, it was after spending so many years in the southern states. It was it was just cool to be up in Canada and cool to be a part of that. Um, you know, we were kind of an overachieving team that year. I don't think we were even expected to make the playoffs. Uh, I remember making it or clinching one of the last few games of the year against LA and 
sounded like the roof was going to blow off the saddle dome. So that mm-hmm. was, that was cool to be a part of and then ended up making it to the second round that year. So, uh, yeah, it was a cool experience. I, I was just living downtown in the hotel and getting my dinners paid for and stuff. So <laughs> that's uh, definitely not an experience you have in Phoenix or Dallas. <laughs> yeah, that's, yes, for sure. Uh, so that was the 2015 playoff season with the Calgary Flames. 11 games you played in the playoffs. So what do you remember about that playoff kind of run with Calgary? Uh, yeah, it was awesome. I remember uh, playing against Vancouver in the first round. Uh, Willie Desjardins was actually coaching Vancouver at that time, so uh, it's cool to play against him. And uh, my former teammate Derek Dorsett was on that team, so uh, yeah, it was nice to beat those guys and you know play a play a playoff series against the Sedins. It was a it's a good physical series and nice to come out on top in that one. Uh, I think we were a little bit over our heads in the second <laughs> round against Anaheim. I think we went down in five against them, but uh, they had a pretty good team. So after the Calgary Flames, now I assume like you're a free agent that year? Yeah. So you sign with New Jersey. I mean, so you go from Calgary, you know, hockey hotbed to New Jersey. And some for some reason, a lot of guys just love playing in New Jersey. And I, I used to, I went down there, a friend of mine, uh, Lyle Odeline played, and Sheldon Surrey was playing down there. I went for to see uh, Lyle down there uh, like in 98 or 99. Sheldon was just there and he wasn't even playing. Uh, so I kind of actually hung around with him for a bit, which wasn't a good thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, But every guy just loved playing in New Jersey. And, and can you explain why and what did you experience there? Yeah, I loved it too. You know, um, coming out of that year in Calgary, I actually expected to sign back there. I was talking with Brad Tree Living and, you know, expressed my interest to come back. And it sounded like we were going to try and make something work. But, uh, you know, it kind of fell through um, to the chagrin of my wife, who's from Medicine Hat. So definitely wanted to be back mm-hmm. in Calgary, uh, close to home. But um, it kind of fell through and they ended up only offering me a tryout, something with salary cap or whatever it was so I didn't end up signing in Jersey till like three days before camp started so it was, it was kind of just a relief to get a one-way anywhere so I went out to Jersey and uh, it was a really cool experience um, I'd never played in the east before so that was different um, kind of being home every night sleeping in your own bed not as long a road trips so. yeah no kidding also lived in uh, Hoboken, a little square mile city right across the Hudson River from Manhattan. So that was uh, a really cool experience. Uh, you know, you could hop on the ferry in five minutes here in Manhattan. So that was really cool, cool experience. Um, had John Hines as a coach. It was mm-hmm. uh, his first year coaching coming out of the U.S. national program. Um, He's a great hockey mind, uh, had a million systems he wanted to implement. Uh, I don't think he <laughs> realized that we weren't maybe the most talented team. <laughs> so we, we ended up simplifying there after about a month or so. But um, he was a really good coach, a really demanding guy, got the most out of his players. And uh, you know we were definitely an overachieving team. Um, we are really close to getting into the playoffs there until you know after the trade deadline, I think, we were kind of sellers, but um, we surprised a lot of a lot of people that year. I know we were ranked dead last going into the year, but um, it wound up being a, a good opportunity for myself. Uh, ended up quarterbacking the first power mm-hmm. play that year, and um, kind of set me up to 
sign my next deal, which kind of finally got me paid, to, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that much more with David Schlemko, our Wednesday co-host, 9 to, 11, 9 to 11 on the Kevin Carey Show right here on Sports 1440. We're back right after the break. All right, welcome back. 941 in the Capital Region. I think it's about 9 degrees outside. It's chilly. Uh, with David Schlemko, who will be guesting with us uh, 9 to 11 every Wednesday. Dave, was it uh, kind of still foggy when you're driving in? Absolutely. Yeah, I live out in uh, Sturgeon County, so yeah. I could hardly see uh, coming into the city. Uh, once you got into the city, it wasn't so bad. Man, Sun's yeah. burning it off a little bit. It was uh, It was a little dodgy coming in at... Uh six bells this morning did you the duke is with us too brandon douglas said duke when uh, you were coming in was it uh yeah getting out of fort saskatchewan you couldn't yeah. even see the road three feet in front of you and then on the highway it was so so but just like uh, david said even at uh, just after six o'clock this morning once you got into the the city limits here a little little better and just uh, another reminder even still as the day's getting into it headlights on taillights on etc so how are you liking the new uh nickname that i gave you the duke of delburn <laughs> Well, I've had a lot of people from Delburn reach yeah. out. Uh, oh, they're, they're, they're listeners of the show, of course. They yeah. would have been regardless, I think, if I was on here or not. They're, they're all huge sports fans down there and a good mix of, of Flames and Oilers falling right between um, Edmonton and Calgary. So it's uh, it's been good. Everybody's been uh, been giving me a, a good rib about it, the, the nickname and stuff. So I think it's a great name. You know, there are so many Dukes out there. I mean, you got John Wayne. He's one of the top Dukes. Um, Bo and Luke Duke. Daisy Duke, I mean, I mean, I'm going back a long ways, but uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of big Dukes out there. Maybe if you want to text us in your favorite Duke, send us a, a text for your favorite Duke at one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Your favorite Duke. We've got our favorite, the Duke of Delburn, right here, Brandon Douglas, um, David Schlemko, with us uh, on Wednesdays nine to eleven on Sports fourteen forty, the Kevin Carey Show. Uh, we're just kind of getting to know David as we kind of, that was our goal today, and we wanted our listeners to kind of get to know uh, David as well. So after uh, Calgary, uh, then you, we talked about you going to New Jersey, and then after that, uh, you go to San Jose, and that's that was a good season for you in San Jose. What did you like about San Jose? Uh, everything. Honestly, loved San Jose. Uh, I got a bit of a funny story about signing there. Um, we had it all set up, uh, you know, four-year deal. Finally got to pick where I wanted to go. Um, like I said, had a good year in Jersey. So set up for four years in San Jose and we're actually on a trip, uh, a vacation to BC. So I had to, uh, act, we're going golfing in the morning, July 1st. So staying at some cabin without a printer or anything. So I told my agent like, yep, I'll, I'll sign it at 9 a.m. Like first thing in the morning. Uh, so anyways, uh, driving to the golf course with Buddy in the morning, and of course he gets lost. We're <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the mountains in BC trying to find this golf course, and my phone's popping off, and my agent's like, you know, the sharks are calling. Like, where are you? Like, you got to sign this deal. They want to announce it. And so <laughs> ended up uh, being about half an hour late for the golf course and trying to get them to print it off and sign it and fax it back. And, you know, being in Canada, they were more than accommodating and excited to help me out but uh that was that was a little bit stressful and my agent wasn't too happy with me but um it worked out we're gonna throw a little curveball here uh we're not throwing a curveball we thought we might have a a special guest come in but apparently he's uh not coming in quite yet so um then and it was a weird situation for you with um vegas yeah how did that happen with vegas because you assumed you were going to vegas in a trade 
And you were only there for how long? Oh, uh, well, not a trade. Uh, it was the expansion draft, oh. actually. Oh, <laughs> so uh, okay. I had my one year in San Jose. I figured, you know, I was going to have three more years in, in beautiful Northern California. I hadn't even played Pebble Beach or anything yet, but I've uh, been to a few spots around there. And, uh, yeah, the rumors started that I was going to be going to Vegas in the expansion draft. So, you know, we were, my wife and I were thinking, okay, well, you know, Vegas, that's, <laughs> that's nice weather, beautiful too. Everybody would be new, kind of a fresh start. That'd be cool. Um, so end up going to Vegas or getting taken by Vegas in the expansion draft and then get a call from my agent right after saying, uh, you're probably going to Montreal. And, uh. Sure enough, uh, get dealt to Montreal the next day. So didn't end up talking to Vegas or anything. Didn't get a hat, a tracksuit, a phone call, nothing. So <laughs> I don't think it was 24 hours before I was uh, a Montreal Canadian. So that was a, a quick turnaround for you. Yeah. Very quick, you could say that. What was the reaction from, I don't know, friends, family, teammates? What did they say? Um, I don't know. I guess just kind of best of luck kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I remember Joe Thornton reaching out and saying, you know, they're going to love you. But <laughs> uh, Montreal is definitely a different beast than uh, Vegas would have been. You know, obviously it was, it was really cool going to uh, an original six team, a Canadian team with that much history. But um, the language barrier was definitely an adjustment. Um, I had my oldest daughter going into kindergarten that year, so it was uh, definitely a huge adjustment for her. That's a big thing. When guys get traded, you don't really normal people. The fans don't understand what it goes what it goes on. What goes on in the family? How the wife holds it together? The kids are doing everything. How is that? How hard is that to deal with as a professional athlete? It's tough. It definitely is, especially when you're suitcase so to speak like I was after I left uh, Arizona there was a, a lot of different uh, moves and you know trades and what have you so we're the lucky ones the players that just get to kind of pick up and jump on a flight mm -hmm. that day or the next day and our, our poor wives are the ones uh, left to clean up the mess and, and pack up and get the movers in and all that all that fun stuff. So um, they're definitely the MVPs behind the scenes. Jan Long, long time happy listener. As we we're talking about the best Dukes, John Wayne, the best Duke. Uh, that's hands down. That's what she says, Jan Long. Duke Snyder. I mostly remember him from the Expos. That comes in from Jim. And yes, Duke Snyder was, yeah, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, was a great ball player. Went over. I don't know if he went to LA with Brooklyn or after Brooklyn moved to LA. But then, of course, he was the Montreal Expos broadcaster, and that's where I think a lot of people got to know Duke Snyder, especially in Canada. Uh, it is at nine forty-seven on the Kevin Carey Show here on Sports fourteen forty. Our Wednesday co-host David Schlemko joins us every Wednesday from nine to eleven. At the top of the hour, we will have Chris Cook, who is truly an inspiration. Uh, he's in town doing some motivational speaking. Guy travels all over the world. You won't want to miss this interview for sure at uh, 10 20 there's a possibility we might get uh, uh, alberta golden bears head coach on the football side of things chris morris to talk about the bears good start the one in calgary on 
the weekend and uh, we'll be playing host to the uh, Manitoba Bisons this Friday at Footfield. And then at 10.40, it'll be Arash Madani joining us uh, from the Philippines where Canada has defeated uh, Slovenia this morning, 100-89 to to book a ticket to the uh, semifinals at the FIBA World Basketball Championship. Uh, let's uh, kind of get back to that, uh, Dave, with the family aspect. Uh, when, you, when you're kind of at the tail end of your career, and what was that like with your wife and the kids, and you're going, well, this is what we have, where we are, what we can. Like, what's the decision-making process of where you want to take that next step in your future? Yeah, I think uh, after a couple of years in Montreal, um, like I said, with the language barrier, um, my oldest Ava going into kindergarten and grade one there, she she definitely struggled a little bit with the language barrier at school. And uh, I ended up getting traded to Philly halfway through my second year and uh, finished that year in the minors in Lehigh Valley. So I'm living in a hotel in the middle of Pennsylvania and... Um, no, wife and kids are back in Montreal because of school. So that, that ended up being pretty tough and um, end up getting bought out of my last year of my contract. So still training that summer, trying to figure out what we're going to do. Um, ended up having a couple tryouts, I think, in uh, Washington or possibly Calgary. But, um, you know, didn't know. Didn't know what would look like if I was going to get sent down, be up and down. Um, it's hard to organize school. So I think at that point, um, still being making some money over the next couple of years with the buyout, just kind of thought it was time to hang them up. And, you know, it's, it's not just about you anymore. Mm-hmm. When, when do you get, when do you know right away? When do you know for sure that it's time to retire? Um, I think when you kind of, you kind of lose that, passion a little bit I remember talking to my agent that summer and uh you know you you end up getting a little bit jaded with the business kind of side of things um you know spending that last half a year in the minors and I don't want to say not enjoying it anymore but not having that that fire in your belly for it so uh I guess just a mix of that and um how hard it had become with the family um we just kind of kind of figured it was my time what was the transition like for you in the early part of it, and did it get easier as the years went on? Yeah, well, you know, it was a weird time to be alive, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I think it was six months until the COVID hit, <laughs> so uh, that was a weird time for everybody. Um, I remember at first it was it was super weird. Um, I know I was dropping my kids off at school, and, and I had nothing to do, and... <laughs> You know, having that kind of structure in your life since, I guess, junior hockey, um, going to the rink every morning and not having that was a little bit weird. I mean, not going to lie, at first it was it was pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It was nice to kind of have that freedom, have that time off, but um, it's definitely an adjustment. Uh, you kind of lo- start to lose your sense of purpose, I guess, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Uh, especially when the COVID hit. And I mean, then it was kind of the same deal for everyone. You're just stuck inside. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit tough. So did you get rejuvenated when you started working working with the kids at NAX? Yeah. I mean, even before NAX, the year before that, I I just kind of threw my hat in the ring and tried to find something uh something to do in hockey and I ended up hopping on with the Nate um men's team there as an assistant coach and uh 
at OHA Edmonton, um, another academy, um, coaching with Sean Bell that year as well. Uh, we didn't get to coach too many games. I don't think we had any at Nate and maybe four at OHA with the whole COVID protocols, but um, it was still nice to get back in the game and get around the kids and, and give back a little bit. Do you get back, do you get more from the kids than the kids get from you? Everyone always says that it's. I think so. I think so, definitely. I know you'd have to ask the kids. <laughs> they're not. They're not getting anything from you. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. Uh, great both ways. Um, like I said at NAX now. We we have we got a bunch of former pros. Um, like Struddy comes out mm-hmm. as well, and Rob Brown or our Paul Manning, uh, our little skill guys as as well as me and Chip and Taz. So they, they get a lot of professional instruction where I don't think it it's that big of a deal to them <laughs> anymore but uh, what's like so when you work with Struddy coaching what do you what kind of coach is he what I mean the kids rave about him and I'm not trying to I'm, I'm trying to be honest here because Struddy and I joke a lot but the kids always rave about him what what does he have um that they like what qualities does he possess that you know that can relate to the kids Honestly, he's just hilarious out there. Um, I, I love having him. We're uh, we get him once a week, kind of as a skill coach every every team. So I love when it's Struddy Day because um, I I, get, I just get to sit back and go in the drills and and uh, kind of just be a part of the practice with the kids. So I enjoy that part of it too. And Struddy's just hilarious out there. Um, he's always cracking jokes and making everything light. And like you said, the kids love him. It's just everyone's laughing, having a good time out there. Yeah, Strudwick, uh, Jason Strudwick will be with uh, Jason Greger on the Greger Show every Tuesday, I believe around four-ish, maybe 4.20. So uh, uh, he explained his transition now that he wants to spend more time with his family, and that's uh, critical for sure. So he will guest with uh, Greg's every Tuesday. So uh, today we're going to have a quick break, but we'll be back with Chris Cook, who is really an inspirational story. Uh, we've got a couple actually fantasy football questions, but I'm going to leave that uh, to our football or fantasy frenzy guys. Uh, the Duke, Connor, uh, the Duke... <sighs> Man, I, I just it's just unbelievable. The Duke and Connor Halley. I'm just going to leave it at that. That comes on at uh, 11 to 12. The Low Tide Show uh, with Alan Mitchell is at 12 to 2, and then Jason Greger takes over from 2 to 6. Uh, before we go to break, we've got a sports update with The Duke, and it is brought to you by Michener Allen Auctioneering. Their next public-timed automotive RV auction is now open for bidding. Info at maauctions.com. Here's The Duke.